It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. We're at the lovely Casa Borrega. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. It's not open yet. It's going to be open soon. So for the next couple of minutes, why don't you take a little break, go to Facebook and like Casa Borrega. There's nothing that will require your full attention in the next 60 minutes here. So just take a moment to do that now. In the meantime, though, we're going to spend 60 minutes sitting around the table here at happy hour and you're going to meet four of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in new orleans you're going to hear some live music as well by the end of the show you might well conclude that new orleans is a great city where people love to talk have fun and enjoy great music but you probably know that already so let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together my very special guests sitting around the eclectic table here at happy hour are in no special order except alphabetical michael arata hi michael Hi. Hi. Michael began his acting career at the age of four. Four. I don't believe that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, seriously. What were you doing? You have to talk into the microphone just like a real person. Okay. Okay. Is that better? Yes, like an actor. Like someone who may have been (laughs) acting since they were four and knows something about projection. Well, at four, I was put in a commercial and exploited by my parents. Really? Yes. Did they go to hell for that or did they make a lot of money? No, actually, they started me on a great career. I'm going to tell you all about it over the next 60 minutes. Okay. I'll just keep reading then. Go ahead. Okay. In the meantime, Michael has acted in over 50 feature films. New 70 now. 70. 70. Sorry, hang on. I just changed it. 70 feature films. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <coughs> in the meantime, Michael has week. appeared in over 70 feature films. Numerous. How did that happen? How did I get 50? What was that from? That's old material. You're reading you don't, you don't update, material. You don't update the internet? No, I should update the internet. Yeah, someone's got to be on that for you. Don't you have people? No, but. Tomorrow 70, I will. 70 feature films and you don't have any assistant. <laughs> I will tomorrow. That's ridiculous. Starting Numerous tomorrow. TV shows. I will be advertising for an assistant today on the radio. That's a good idea. Yeah. How much are, we, are you paying a lot or is it an intern? It'll be free labor, interning. Okay. We'll call it an internship. Okay. And does it, they have to be Swedish and wear a bikini or anything like <laughs> that? <or> well. <laughs> you can't discriminate, I I'm not think, putting those restrictions on, yeah. but if you do, okay. I'll accept them. All right. Okay. Um, where was I? Michael has acted uh, on stage alongside such legends as Sir Kenneth Branagh, Ben Kingsley, and Alec Baldwin. Have you been on stage with Alec Baldwin? Yes, actually. We didn't fist fight either. <laughs> God, that must be amazing. What's he like? He was actually very animated, very fun. We were doing uh, a Tennessee, Williams Night of the, Tennessee Williams Night of the Iguana, and he was fantastic. Where was this? Uh, Le Petit Theater. Um, Ashley, Elizabeth Ashley was in it, and... It was spectacular. He was a strong, strong actor. Wow, how cool. Was that before he was doing all this TV stuff? Was that no, no, no. This was, this was 10 years ago. All right. Yeah, he was well known. How cool. Mm-hmm. Michael's portrayal. This is Michael Arata we're still talking about. I'm sorry, I'll get to the rest of you guys later. This is taking a long time to get through. <laughs> this is what happens when you've done 70 feature films, numerous TV cool. stages, and appeared on. Or, or 50. 50. 52. We've done 20. So <laughs> yeah, 52. How, you guys have only been in 20 movies. Only 20. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Michael's portrayal of Stanley Kowalski in the 50th anniversary production of Tennessee Williams' classic A Streetcar Named Desire mm-hmm. was described by critics as <laughs> unhinged and electrifying. That was my mother. She wrote that? <laughs> And also a Stanley for our times. That's pretty impressive. Not content with conquering stage and screen, Michael went to law school and subsequently has practiced a little law between producing movies, including the remake of the classic Night of the Demons and National Lampoon's Dirty Movie. How many movies have you produced? Uh, 16. Wow. Columbia. Producing our 17th movie now. You look very young for a person who's done all this. I mean, I guess if you start Well, I'm 14. Four, yeah, I'm 14. Well, there it is. So you've done ten, 10 years. So. Michael it, was also one of the creators of the tax incentive scheme that has transformed the local film business into Hollywood South. Michael, welcome to Happy Hour. What a great Thank introduction. Thank you very much. It's been a happy few minutes already, so. It's already good. Yeah, you're I doing well. We've done enough for a whole show there, really. We've got a lot to talk about. I'll be here. Okay, Luella Williams is sitting across from me. I, I thought, you know, when I looked at your bio, Luella, I thought I had the, the, the regional director of the post office was coming here. Really? Yeah. I thought Graham DuPonte, our fabulous producer, has really pulled something off here. She's got the regional director of the post office. And then I looked at it closely <laughs> and it says, regional director of Up To Us. Yes. I thought it said U.S. Postal, Postal service. service. Yeah. No, it's no. spelt U-P-T and then, then the number two, <laughs> mm-hmm. U-S-A. You could forgive me. Look, Michael, you're an actor. I know. It says U.S. Postal <laughs> Service. Thank you. It does. Uh, up to us is an, an umbrella organization of over 600 sports-based youth development programs. What's happened? We've already had a, like an injury over here at the band. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Oh, dear. Over 600 sports-based youth development programs using sports as a vehicle to address challenges such as violence in the community, childhood obesity, and academic struggles. Well, if you could use sports to solve people's stupidity and bad eating habits, 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't say stupidity. What um, is an academic struggle? So we just support uh, students through coaching. Um, so we have a number of coaches out there um, on a national basis. And here in New Orleans, we have 19 um, coaches on the ground, and we have 26 funding slots. Um, so Your accent doesn't sound anything like what you look like. Really? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Does it? Anybody. Michael, you're a professional actor. You've been in over 70 movies. Tell me that. I'm right, right? I love her accent. It's amazing. You sound like you come from California or something. Or what do you sound like you come from? She's beautiful, by the way. I know. Oh, well, thank you. Um, from Chicago, California. Really? What sort of accent is that? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. It's not, it's me. I don't know. No one's ever mentioned before. No, that nothing. Just a beautiful Midwesterner's accent. It's exactly. mid, is it Midwestern? It's yeah. Okay. I suppose. I thought it sounded like sort of that California girl type. She like just threw in the southern thing. Surfer. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you sound like a surfer. Have you ever been surfing? I have not. Is that something you'd like to try? Maybe. I think I want to try scuba diving before surfing. I'd like to try scuba diving. It's good. When are you thinking of going? Um, I don't know. Maybe a year or two from now. Do you get much vacation time with us? I guess if you're doing sports all day. I <laughs> really need a vacation. Well, I don't do sports all day. I actually um, help manage the program down here. So I oversee the coaches on the ground. So I, I myself don't actually coach quite yet. So, so you're, the co you're coaching the coaches? Pretty much, and raising money and ah, doing okay. all that fun stuff. Okay. okay, anyway, let's get back to the introduction. Okay. Up to Us launched its efforts in New Orleans last fall and currently works with 23 member organizations ranging from schools, community-based sports programs, nonprofits with a focus on youth development, to libraries. Yes. You do. Mm -hmm. Before kicking off Up to Us, Luella moved to New Orleans in 2007 to work for the Red Cross, and in her off hours... She doesn't do anything like scuba diving. Listen to this. No. In her off hours, she's the head coach of a citywide girls lacrosse team. Yes, we're pushing forward. We have not established the, the actual coaching yet, but we're hoping to get kids in. Um, so we've got to do fundraising, get equipment, and all of that fun are you, stuff. Are you called the actually. Lady Sluggers? <laughs> no. Um, Crew de Voo of New Orleans. Crew de Voo. Voodoo. Crew de Voodoo. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's difficult to say. Crew de, Crew voodoo. de voodoo. Sounds good lacrosse. when you get it right there. Crew de Voodoo Lacrosse. Mm -hmm. Okay, just I'm going to finish this introduction and introduce you to the band, but then I'm going to do a random survey here and see if anyone knows what lacrosse is or if I'm the only person <laughs> who has no clue. The band on our show today are known as the Breton Sound, Hello. collectively. Hello. 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 Individually, we have two of them, Jonathan Pretis, who plays vocals, who plays guitar and sings <laughs> vocals. Mm -hmm. And Brian Pretis, who is the bass player and also vocalist. You guys are not related, right? Uh, no, not at all. You don't look anything like it at all. It's amazing. No. We're not yeah. brothers. <laughs> it's incredible. How did you meet? Uh, he was actually uh, pedaling for change in a Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> and we needed somebody to sand our deck in our backyard, so we picked him up. And turned out he played bass, and here he is. Which one's adopted? Him. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the oldest? Jonathan, you're the oldest, right? So did you tell him he was adopted when he was a kid? I, oh, good story. That's actually a good story. Uh, I'll tell this one. Okay, when, I, when I was a kid, they used to tell me that we had another brother that uh, his name was Pedro. <laughs> and uh, he, the, the family before I was born got real hungry. And him and my sister. We were, we were hard up for money. Yeah, him and my sister used to tell me all the time, until I was like nine, that uh, they had to sell Pedro for a bag of lima beans. <laughs> And they would get like National Geographic and stuff in the mail. They'd be like, "Oh look, Pedro sent us a sent us a letter and stuff." And I couldn't read, so they would get <laughs> postcards. They'd be like, "Look, Pedro wrote us a letter," and they would just read it, read me these fake letters. And he literally fell for it for years. Yeah, up uh, till you and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your parents nineteen. Were, parents nope. were, they were in on this. As yeah, well? they were in it too. Terrible Have you been people. in therapy or anything? Oh uh, no, not for that. <laughs> <laughs> well played. How um how did they keep? How did your parents keep that up? Uh, they, they, didn't, they never really objected. They just kind of let the joke go on, <laughs> right. which kind of made it all the more fun. But yeah. well, what happened? Do you remember the day you found out there was no Pedro? I cried and cried, <laughs> and I hated everybody. And uh, I think I ran away for like an hour. I don't think he's recovered from it yet. I think I, like, uh, I, grabbed a I grabbed a box of Cheez-Its and like a blanket, and I was like, I'm out of here. And I just like went around the block and like ate a box of Cheez-Its <laughs> and came home. <laughs> <laughs> I, that therapy works yeah. consistently around what the world. What artist hasn't had that Seriously. experience, yeah. though? Yeah. That's awesome. That is interesting, though, that uh, just a simple box of cheese that's cured nine years of trauma. Yeah, well, of you a lot of cheese in this. The guilt for the lost brother. <laughs> They're yeah. delicious. Funny that he's named Pedro and Doritos. Was it, oh, it wasn't Doritos. It was cheese. <laughs> so I take it back. Yeah. So um, what do you think really happened to Pedro? Well, what were you thinking happened to him? I think he was a lie. 
<laughs> yeah, but what, you, what were you thinking? Were you feeling guilty that you somehow took his place? Oh, no, I didn't take his place. I mean, I mean the, the family ran into more money. It was just I a was product born. of the times. Yeah. Oh, I see. Really? <laughs> he was a, he was a failed, a failed <laughs> operation. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to go back to it. New Orleans... Uh, okay, I'm going to start this again. The Breton Sound is a New Orleans rock band that Paste Magazine has called one of the 12 bands you should listen to. Not bad. Who are the other 11, I wonder? The Beatles? Um... Well, there's Rolling uh, Stones, Caddy Wampus, Sun Hotel. Engelbert Humperdinck. Engelbert Humperdinck. He's um, good. He's not a band technically, no, though. So no. they technically be- no. Although there could, I think there's probably a new indie band called Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, there probably is. I if suppose. I had to <laughs> put my money on it, that's a good idea. The Breton Sound kicked off their career with a critically acclaimed recording called Eudaimonia. Is that how you pronounce that it? That is correct. Yeah. Produced yes. by Rhythm Ezra's Tom Drummond. A year after a year of touring after the studio birth of this band has honed the band into a live unit, ready to launch an assault on the wider world. The assault starts today here on Happy Hour. Hey. Yes, also, and then spreads across town, the south, and around the world with the release of the Breton Sound's new record, also produced by Tom Drummond, and their debut at this year's Jazz Fest. Awesome. Yes. And if you're listening to this outside of New Orleans, and you're wondering why that's a big deal, to get a gig playing at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival is monumental. Mm-hmm. It's a really sought-after slot. How much do you get paid for that? Nothing, I suppose. Uh, you get a couple of ham sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you get a parking uh, pass, water. which is the main thing. You get a yeah. parking pass, and uh, if you don't eat your ham sandwiches before you play, when you're done, they're gone. Because they've got, <laughs> they got to make room for the next band. So That's pretty cool. But they're like, really gracious, because a lot of places don't even give you a ham sandwich. So. Really? Well, that's good. So congratulations <laughs> on, on getting a gig at Jazz Fest. That's a big you. deal. Yeah, we're so very you, excited about it. You guys are ready to kick off a, a whole new career by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. we've got a really busy... Uh, time coming up ahead of us we got um our new record comes out on the 23rd uh we play jazz fest on the 26th and then we're putting on an event at nola brewing the following saturday may 4th uh it's like a multi-band festival benefit that we're putting together uh with some friends of ours and it's going to be really fun and then we hit the road for the summer and start playing and working cool so um what's the name of the new record new record is called maps m-a-p-s yes Mm -hmm. And, when, and is it going to be available on wherever good downloads uh, are sold? Yeah, it'll be um, through iTunes, Amazon. It'll, you can stream it on Spotify, uh, all that good stuff. It'll be on our website as well. So what's and right now, our uh, new single is streaming on YouTube. It is on YouTube. It's on our website. You can download it for free on our website. What's it called? It's called Standing on the Edge of the World. And do you play that acoustically? Acoustic we do, yeah, we do. Do you want to do that? Sure, right now. What do you think? I'd love to Let's hear it. Let's take a listen to it, and then we're going Absolutely. to talk. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about a very interesting subject, believe it or not. The Jazz Fest? I know. Well, we could talk about that if you like, actually. <laughs> but I thought we could talk about Kenya. Oh, well, yeah. Kenya's great. Do you know anything about Kenya, Luella? No, not really much. Kenya. We're going to find out something about Kenya, because one of the people sitting at this table is going to Kenya. Yeah. I can't tell you who it is right now. I think but I know. You think you figured it out? I figured it it's out. It's the next stop for the band. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing New Orleans. What was the place? The Jazz, Jazz Festival, and Heritage and Festival, then, and then Kenya. Kenya Wildlife Fest. Mm-hmm. We're actually quite big in Kenya. We've sold a lot of records. <laughs> um, so, so tell us something about the song. Well, the way we play it live is actually, the way we play it acoustic, I'm sorry, is closer to uh, the way it was conceived. It's uh, on, on the record as it is now. It's like Pedro was conceived. It's kind of like Pedro. Um, we had to get rid of the older version because we like the newer version. Um, uh, the version on the record is a lot faster. It's more straight ahead, of like a, a riff-based rock song. But the way we do it acoustic is closer to how uh, it was originally written. So we'll who, do it that way. Who wrote it? Uh, we all did. We pretty much kind of split everything ev- evenly. Somebody will bring in an idea, and then the four of us will kind of sit down and hammer away until we have something complete on it. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a listen. So let's do it. Running around's got me run down I got a hole in the sole of my shoes All the people I found in this dirty old town It got me singing for somebody's blues So give me a ride out to nowhere Somewhere that I can be free Dress me up in a suit and I'll make the commute If the world would just let me be Everybody's going out their mind But as for me, I'm fine Can you see me standing on the edge of the world tonight? Can you hear me? I'm running through the dark just to find your light 
like a star in my Jaguar, but I still couldn't get no release. And everybody's running out of time. But as for me, I'm fine. Can you see me standing on the edge of the world tonight? on the edge of the world yeah all right cool we nice have, we, that's we like did a version of that for something that just happened called couch by couch <laughs> west uh it goes on <laughs> concurrent with south by southwest yeah. for all the bands that aren't going there it's the only music festival you can enjoy from the comfort of your own couch and, and uh it's like streaming on youtube or something oh uh, yeah it's all on youtube it's uh you, you can go to couch by couch they're still up there and it's basically bands just kind of home record performances we did one in my kitchen uh, where we're all on acoustics. Our drummer's actually playing on pots and pans and Tupperware, and it, it's you know, pretty neat. What, so. does, what made you decide not to go to South by Southwest like every other band in the world? Well, the truth of it, we didn't even really apply to it because um, when the application time was coming up, we had just gotten a new drummer, and we were feeling everything out with that, and we, just, we didn't know if we were going to be ready for it, so we didn't want to try to... Right. We didn't want to get stuck in a situation where we weren't prepared to be out there. But also, it's, it's tough to go out there unless you have, like, a legitimate showcase because there's thousands of other bands and everyone's scrambling for, like, a small piece of the pie and you're basically just a small fish in a gigantic pond. So we figured our time was better spent. Here, we were mixing our record at the time. Uh, we did Catch by Catch West. We got a lot of views on that, which was great. Um, and so you know, we're, we're going to try and go next year, I think. What's the, name, what's the name of the new record again? Uh, the new one's called Maps. Maps. I mean, it's only one syllable. How can I... <laughs> Did you guys remember that? Laura? Yeah. Did you yeah. remember yes. that? Officially, there's a super ridiculous long title, which yeah, is... Yeah, the generalization... Generalization... Ma- <laughs> you can't even remember it. Nah, it's, it's maps, dumb. parentheses, or cartography and the art of generalization. That's it. That's nice. It's yeah. so pretentious. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> cartography is the art of drawing maps, isn't yeah. it? Exactly. And, and then generalization is where they take a map and take off more of the defining features to make it just kind of an easier to read map. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyone know that around the table? Luella, did you know that? You I have an education. You have a postgraduate degree, right? The internet's yes, a I wonderful do. thing. Sure. What do you have a postgraduate degree in? I have it written down here somewhere. Um, it's a master's degree in social development and health. I had a, um, a major, though, in cartography with a minor in generalization. You did? And health? <laughs> yeah, and health. You weren't really interested and in And that was when I was with the post office. <laughs> right. The U.S. Postal Service. Yes. But Loella, I mean, let's just talk about one thing at a time. Yeah. I said we're going to talk about Canyon, which we're going to do in a minute. But first, okay. I want to get back to something that we brought up earlier. And I'm interested to know if anyone else knows the answer to this question. What is lacrosse? I kind of know. Do you, do you ha- Jonathan? I, think do you it's like I don't a, know any of the like rules a, of it. What do, you va- what do you think it is? It's bread, French bread, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you, uh, you run up and down a field, kind of like football or soccer. There's a stick with a net on it. And a small ball that has a name that I can't think of. Is there a ball? ball? Oh, I thought there was like a specific <laughs> name for it, like the small hutch ball. or something like that. I don't that. feel so bad about maps now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I imagine it hurts if it hits you in the face. It does. I got hit in the eye once. Ooh. It's it was, like a baseball? 
Um, it's a really solid rubber ball. Um, okay. leaves, leaves bruises, and I actually, when I got hit, I couldn't see for a little while. So oh. I was freaking out, um, and that was before they mandated that um, all players wear masks. So now hmm. it's... You have to wear a full face mask? Um, like a well, welder? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, women wear, like, it's a goggles that kind of have, like, a little wire case around uh-huh. it so there's just no way for the ball to get um it's at like your a eye. like a major league uh, baseball like a catcher's mask or a kind catcher's of mask? just not that ugly it's a little cuter <laughs> than that True. i think yeah. you know it's, so is this a guy's sport or a girl's sport it's or both, both. um okay. but usually you don't have co-ed teams you don't so you do not so it's only like one or it's okay so i don't did other. you know michael i've never seen anyone play like yeah class. yeah up in uh when i was you know incarcerated up uh, northeast <laughs> no, i'm kidding but when i was in boarding school though in in north carolina it's the first time we ran across people chasing each other with sticks mm-hmm. that actually weren't part of some kind of criminal enterprise <laughs> so, so you grew up in new orleans yeah i was no one played. I, listen i've hit people with sticks before but, <laughs> but not we in the score pursuit of a rubber ball yeah, we didn't have any rubber balls associated. so there was no, it's not a southern it's not a new orleans thing lacrosse I, mean, I don't think it's very southern as far as like just the region of the country yeah. i think mostly yeah. it's more kind of Northeast. Northeast, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird that it's in the Midwest, to be honest, and I didn't find uh-huh. it until I got to college. Um, what college did you go to? Knox College. I thought you went to college in Scotland. That I went to um, graduate school in Scotland. You did? Nice. Mm-hmm. It's the motherland. Yeah. The motherland. Are you guys <laughs> Scottish? Yeah. 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 Scottish. Really? Well, um, our mother's side is Macintosh. <laughs> He uh, had to remind ah. his brother, though. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. We're, we're yeah. kind of stuck in Pedro. That's right. That's it's where not, Pedro It's is. not the Mexican side. It's the, <laughs> no. It's the Macintoshes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a very yep. Scottish name, all right? Yep. So how many generations ago were the Macintoshes? Uh, I think it's six generations. So that's we're quite kind of removed. Apparently, there's a castle somewhere that... There's a raincoat called a Macintosh. Yeah, I saw that. That's true. Yeah. I've heard that. We know There's that also much. a computer called a Macintosh. <laughs> That's true. Are you related to those guys? Because that would be no. Awesome. I, uh, I'm related to Packard Bell. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped getting residuals from them a while ago. Yeah. Hey, so back to lacrosse. Okay, so this comes from up north somewhere. Yes. And you don't come from up north. You you went to school. You grew up in Chicago. Yep, the south suburbs of Chicago. The south suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Is that rough? Um, no, I think it has like a Obama? bad rap. Do you, know, um, do you know Obama? I don't know Obama. I did meet him once, though. I you did? him down, uh-huh. yes. Um, it was actually before his presidency. He was actually um, a commencement speaker for Knox College the year before I graduated. Um, and you, so went, you actually went to the school of Knox? Yes, hard Knox. <laughs> you Knox. went to the real one, though? The real one. God, I didn't know there was a Knox <laughs> College. It's a hard knock life. Up there. Um, yeah, okay. It is. No, so, I mean, it's a great school. So President Obama, before he was the president, was a commencement speaker. Then. Yes. Um, what did he say? He said a lot of inspiring things that I can't remember now, but you know, he's, stick with it. Yeah, um, you could become president up. one day. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, so I chased him down just to shake his hand and say hello, and he, you know, he was great. So. How many years before he ran was that? Oh, that was um, back in '05. Cool. Yeah. So how many years was that? Ten. That would. Uh, yeah, eight. I'm an eighteen. 18 so Matt's eight. not my forecast. <laughs> eight. Okay, so. Go get him. Lacrosse. Man. You played lacrosse in college. Then. Yes. What made you want to play lacrosse in um, sports? Well, I was running cross country and I was tired of just running. Um, so I wanted to do something. Yeah. Um, and so lacrosse, it just kind of, they needed people. And I was like, well, why don't I just go and try out? Um, and I actually was pretty good at throwing and catching. So I was like, fine, I'll stick with it. It must be quite hard to actually catch that ball. Yeah, it takes, mitt. yeah it takes some, some practice and some skills. And, you know, some people love it. Some people hate it. But no. Boys in Breton Sound. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anyone play lacrosse? Yes. On television. But in real life, I mean. A lot of my buddies actually play lacrosse. Really? They yeah. do? Here in New Orleans. You're uh-huh. from here, right? Yeah. yeah and so. you've seen it played here in New Orleans? Well, just like with each other. They'll just toss the ball with each other. So they have lacrosse sticks. Uh-huh. And they just hang out the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like go to a park and stuff. You can't really play lacrosse without the lacrosse stick. Otherwise, it's I think called they, baseball. Uh, You're I throwing think they have a baseball. A, I think okay, they have that's a lacrosse true. Assault. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> they do. Yeah. At Jesuit, uh-huh. mm-hmm. okay. A lot of the Catholic schools um, have lacrosse, and I then think it's there's the new soccer. It's a Catholic <laughs> game, kind of. Like it um, could be. Yeah, it could be. And I know that there's a Le male lacrosse. Touche. <laughs> 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 it's a religious yeah. experience. Must be. Must be. <laughs> um, but I know that there is a men's uh, lacrosse team <laughs> in the city. Well, that's a good question, Michael. Why is it called lacrosse? Lacrosse. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was bread. You know, I don't know that myself, so don't ask me. Okay. Sure. 
Google we, Chris knows. We got, Chris is our tech director with no microphone. Chris, mm. you're going to have to come over here now. Right. Take off the headphones. Well, but it's a Native American sport, and they, when the French, uh, I guess, missionaries came to America, there was it looked like a shepherd's uh, hook. So it's like they just called it the cross. And it was yeah. lacrosse. That's like the hook that like, so, say, uh, like that shepherd death so, carries? No, no, like, a sh- like the shepherd. Oh, uh, like uh, like it looks like a yeah, question mark, like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where it comes from. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. There you go. See, that's a bit yeah, of a Loyola education. Day. Hey, good job. Knowledge is power. Yeah, it's interesting that Chris went to Loyola and learned that, and you went to a graduate school in Scotland, uh, and you played lacrosse. Did you play lacrosse, Chris? In high school. And you did in high school. That's all I know. Are you a Jesuit? Because the Pope is a Jew. So I was going to say, the new Pope's a Jew. Yeah, I wonder if he played lacrosse. He, uh, yes, <laughs> and, like and enjoyed the player. French bread, too. Where did you get the idea that it's French I bread? I thought everything sounding lacrosse was French, <laughs> and, and French and had to do with related bread. to with the carbohydrates. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's get on to Kenya. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's a natural so, transition. Well, I, that so defines, I couldn't think of a, you know, a smooth segue, so I just thought I'd just say that. Well, the Pope and then Kenya. Kenya, yeah. yeah well, he's African, right? Well, no, he's, he's not. He's South American. Oh. Where is that? <laughs> That's near I think Africa. It's far east. It's in the far east. Okay. I think he went to Jesuit. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. But he's um he's from Argentina, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's nowhere near Kenya, right? Well, they both it's, end in it's, A. It's, it's well, that's true. <laughs> that's so they must be close. If you were dyslexic, <laughs> they you would must think be, that they were they alphabetically related. Yes. So why are you going to Kenya? Tell us all about it. Well, because uh Tanzania was booked. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we're uh, I'm filming a a television series about uh saving endangered species and we're starting with the wild african elephant there's and a they, massive slaughter about it's happening a, now it's uh, pretty tragic what's going on from what 300 I've elephants heard. were slaughtered in chad two weeks ago you know in two wow. weeks oh no within a day so what's happened now i mean if it's a it's kind of a, a serious topic but there's the militarization of poaching and you know poaching's taken place forever and in the 1980s they had all the ivory burns and people were stopping buying ivory because of how horrific it was. Right. Uh, and it really did. The ivory trade slowed down, didn't stop, but it slowed down appreciably. Well, within the last year and a half, the rise of Asian, really Chinese economy has demand for ivory through the roof and poaching has started back up again. So there's a, an elephant killed every 15 minutes for its tusk and it's a pretty kind of horrific thing. They cut the face off, leave it, Jeez, leave the carcass on <clears throat> the side and... Has anyone thought about going to China and saying, hey, why don't you guys have some start some sort of a publicity campaign to Big expose that was done by uh, the National Geographic Channel, Nat Geo, and essentially did. Went to China, went to Japan, and said, look, you know, you all are, this is what it looks like when an elephant gets its face cut off. This is where you get this ivory amulet. This is, uh, it's nice to look at. It's fun to have around, but this is, this is where it comes from. Right. And that usually works, that kind of, and it's. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do anything at all. I don't think it's dampened the demand for it. So we're going over, we're taking a film crew over there, and we've got a host, Alex Beard, who's a local artist who's spent the last 20 years traipsing around Africa, and we're going to take a look at what's happening now and what we can do about it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to build an outpost in a place called the Naracha Dogo. It's a small place totally off the grid. You know, there's no cell phones, there's no nothing, but what it is, it's the northwestern migratory path of the African elephant in Kenya that's unprotected now. And uh, one of the things that's happened over the last two years is that Somali pirates who used to have tremendous success picking off cruise ships and ocean-going transport vessels have now been stopped by the U.S. Navy, and so they're moving inland. So Somalia is the northeastern border of Kenya, and what used to be Somali pirates are now Somali poachers. And so they're coming inland with a militarization that's never been seen in poaching before, and essentially picking off elephants in their migratory path. So we're going to try to put an outpost there, and there's a community-based group that's called the 9-1 team that consists of Kenyans, armed Kenyans, and there's essentially a war going on to save African elephants. We're going to go film it. And people, I mean, you know where these poachers are, right? So no, they come just, from all over. But you know where they are. They're, they're waiting around on these migratory oh, paths yes. of elephants. Generally speaking, they... You know, How it's many a, of them are there? Why can't the Somali or the Kenyan authorities round them up and shoot them? Well, I mean, you know, when you start talking about countries that are different than ours, that they have different governmental structure, and they're that's why I added the word "shoot them." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why weren't they just <laughs> shooting? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So they really I mean, don't really. have like the kind of 
law enforcement that we do or the uh, military do they that have, we do. Are they paid off? I mean, uh, well, yeah, generally speaking, a lot of it's paid off groups that, you know, if you pay the, there's not really a local sheriff in the areas where we're going either. I mean, you know, Nairobi is you a massive take, you city. You could take our sheriff from here. Yeah, absolutely. He's not doing anything, apparently. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, I'm right? Sure, so, I'm sure Landry would be really exactly. Yeah, you point. could do a lot because you know the mayor, right? Yeah, exactly. You know him pretty He'd well. He'd probably want the guy to come. That's so. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably pay you to take Marlon Gussman with you <laughs> to oh. Kenya but on I a one-way ticket. Busy. Are you They're guys both very are you guys busy. coming back? Let, yes, put him in an elephant back. suit as bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Go good. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna take him with us. No, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't want to come with us. He Have wants you to asked stay him? Here. I'm sure he does want to go. Actually, <laughs> it could. I it's bet, a, it's right, now. right now. Supposedly fantastic over there. But, so this uh, sounds quite dangerous. Yeah, it's probably more dangerous than we want it to be. And especially, you know, we started planning this when it wasn't as dangerous. But you know, I mean, recently there've been killings, and and so we're not looking forward to encountering anything like that. Uh, what what we're you, trying to do is create yeah. awareness. And what and, do you want to shoot, though? I mean, if you don't shoot some sort of horrific killing, do you have a show here? Or is this like a reality show or a documentary? Well, it's a little bit. It's you know, it's 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 more of a documentary than a reality show. But it's it's kind of so you're trying to make it in situ. It's a it's a it's a group of us going over there to to say, hey, take a look at this. This is something that you should be interested in. And right. And by the way, you can do something about it. We're going to actually spend sixteen thousand dollars, and it's not a ton of money, but it's going to build an outpost, and it's going to have. We're going to irrigate it, and it's going to be, you what know. You, what do you mean potable. by outpost? So, quite like frankly, what I'm talking about, yes, it's a. T- we're literally going to build a couple of small habitations in the middle of a forest, and people are going to stay there for weeks on end, and come back and go, and there'll be, you know, no electricity, but they'll have running water, and they'll have. How do you get fire. Run, How do you get running water without electricity? Well, we irrigate. There's a river, the Ilangwezi River, that runs through central Kenya. God, God, I can't believe you know all about yeah. this sort of thing. You've really, you're really doing it. You're yeah, going to build, yeah. build a I mean, little... One of the great lake. things about it is, you know, like... So Lake Turkana is in northwestern Kenya, and it's essentially where man is from, right? It's the first time that somebody who looks like us stood up hundreds of thousands of years ago, and we, we found their bones, right? Lucy and Turkana Boy, right, right there. You've heard about those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I thought Turkana Boy was a float. That's a, diff- <laughs> he that's could a different well thing, right? That's a, could, okay. could be a different thing, but we're 60 miles from there. And so our theme is in the place where, you know, humanity started. If we can't save one of the great animals that's ever existed, then we're probably not too far behind in terms of what that means to civilization and the import to civilization. So, you know, I mean, we don't take ourselves too seriously because we know it's a, it's a TV show, but this is the first of 10 things that we're going to do. We're going to go around and... We're going to film so whales and you know, hunting whales. You're going to do things that 10 shows about endangered species. Yeah. Yeah, all over the world. That's so what are you going to do when you come across poachers? Run. Okay. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we're going to be surrounded with people with guns. And yeah. so it's, you know, I mean, I had this discussion with a professor at Tulane the other day. And she's a professor of African studies at Tulane. And it was a very interesting discussion because she was very opposed to people saying, well, you know, the solution to this is arming a group of people who are going to kill other human beings to save the elephant because maybe the elephant, this was an interesting perspective. Does Africa need the elephant to be a modern society? We didn't need the bison, obviously, because we wiped out the bison. We wiped out the American buffalo. They're here as a, as a figurine piece, right? And so her point was, you guys are doing something that may be romantic but not necessary. So she's in favor of wiping out the elephants. No, she's not. She loves them. She's actually seen them in the wild. She said they're beautiful. But for a modern society, do we need... Now, I I truly believe, like, you know what? We made a mistake with the bison. We don't have to repeat it time and time and time again. Yeah, I think that we've evolved as a society and realized that we don't... And then we also understand now that elephants are sentient beings with a serious brain and emotions and thoughts as well. And just that they can't communicate with us necessarily, right? That's that's, correct. That's why we want to save it. That's correct. There was a terrific, another terrific documentary about the elephant not too long ago about how sentient they are, actually, how family-oriented, how thoughtful they are, how emotive they are. And so, but it was an interesting perspective. I couldn't believe that we were engaged in the discussion, but we were really engaged in a discussion about whether it was the right thing to do to say, well, we're going to build an outpost. And in that outpost, they're going to be Kenyans and Kenyans armed with machine guns who are fighting against other Kenyans and uh, Chadians and Somali and people who are trying to kill it, and they may be killing each other 
to save this. But that's I why hope I, so because that's going to be a huge ratings win for a, you. That's a big win if we get some shot, <laughs> some you aerials. Have to, How about even aerials? Do you have some like assault? a whole crew with like we do. a helicopter? We're have a helicopter. You, we'll have the helicopter oh, shot. Awesome. Wow. If you can, oh, yeah. even if you have to set that up and have a few people killed, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's where taking some of the NOPD with you might actually oh. pay off. Oh. My no, question is, yeah, that, not knowing much listening. about international law and policy, because I'm just a Jonathan. stupid musician, um, <laughs> is there a legal position internationally on the ivory trade, like you were talking about? Yeah, there's a, an, as a matter of fact, an international conference on the ivory trade. It just actually met, and they mm-hmm. decided not to do anything to extend. There's a, there was a, an international ban mm-hmm. on the sale of ivory, and that sunset and they decided not to reinstate the international ban because the pressure from the Chinese and the Japanese was so strong that they couldn't get it past their own panel. Other than wow. both being Asian, what have the Chinese and Japanese got to do with each other in this instance? Well, I think the Chinese in particular, it's the rise of their economy. And you know, if you want the Chinese perspective and we've seen it on other shows, it's 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 kind of like you guys had it when you when your economy mm-hmm. grew, when the American economy was soaring, you had ivory all over the place. You have oil. You've, you've done everything you've wanted to do. Why stop us from doing it now? That's their perspective. And, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I understand that. What's the Japanese got to do? The they Jap- just love the ivory. <laughs> <laughs> what Actually, the- they just hate elephants. They hate elephants. <laughs> anti-elephant society. Yeah, yeah, they hate elephants. Okay, so this is a pretty. So you're going to do this one. Were you leaving like, in a couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, June 9th. Yeah. Wow. yeah, we're going to go from June all the way through July and. We're going to be on the equator in the middle of July. So if you think New Orleans is hot in the wow. summertime, it's going to be tough. But it's, it's going to be a fantastic trip. We're, uh, you know, we got a lot of, they're all locals. Kenny Morrison, who's the... you taking Kenny Morrison? Kenny Morrison's coming with it? us. Yep, Kenny Morrison's going to shoot it. And Alec, Be- Alex Beard is a local, you know, artist. And Alex has got a shop in the French Quarter. He's, uh, he's our host. And so he's going to host all 10 of these series. And we've got a local crew. It's going to be edited by uh, Kyle Curry, who's local. Is he going to? Nope. So what's um, what is Alex Beard's shop on the French Quarter? Because I'd like he's to... an artist. He's got an art gallery. Yeah, yeah. He actually paints. He goes. His whole life is you know his uncle's Peter Beard, who's kind of a raconteur and a famous nut from the 1960s, was a heavy, heavy drinker and very fun guy, but really like a raconteur. He just almost killed himself several times, going to way excess with drugs and alcohol. Uh, but he was famous for his photographs in Africa, and he had a place in Kenya called the Hog Ranch in the 1960s and the 1970s. And Mick Jagger would show up at the Hog Ranch, and they would have these wild bacchanals. And, and Alex actually was exposed to that as a kid. And he's got a lifetime of being in weird places and exotic places. And he's grown up knowing about interesting and oddball-type things. And so his quirky personality and his great perspective on art and nature and culture is going to be a real driver in the show. So he's going to be the host of all these yep. 10 episodes of other endangered species. Yeah. Michael, congratulations. That Thank sounds you. awesome, That's doesn't awesome. it, you guys? Yeah. It's really fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's exciting. Wish us luck. <clears throat> yeah. I was just wondering if it would be a good time to perhaps go down to the art gallery and buy some stuff before Alex is killed and, <laughs> and, you're, and you're killed and poor Kenny is, you know, he's got a whole career. As he's a, imprisoned. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, by the small... I would, I would buy it now just in case because, you know, the price is going to go up because, you know, he would be a dead artist. That's a good point. Yeah. Get in now. We're going to well, buy some. And the, the other endangered species, of course, is uh, human beings in the United States. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you know that? I read this. I read this as part of Luella's information here. It says, data from the CDC indicates that children growing up in the United States today will suffer more chronic disease and premature death over their lifetimes. I don't know how you have premature death over a lifetime exactly, but <laughs> premature death over their lifetimes from eating badly and lack of physical activity than from exposure to alcohol, tobacco, and drugs combined. Wow. wow. How about that? It's, it's intense. It's a bit intense. Do and that's where our program comes in. Um, so I think uh, overall what we do at Up to Us is provide subsidized coaches uh, to local organizations who are doing youth development. Um, and the avenue in which we target kids is through sports. And so um, we have something that we call um, high impact um, attributes. So self-confidence, plan B thinking, there's like 
six other ones that I can't remember right now. But um, well, what's what, what's Plan B thinking? Um, so when you're Plan A, Michael work? Michael needs S <laughs> yeah badly. I really I stopped drinking and taking drugs and started eating. I really made a big mistake. Yeah, that <laughs> you you made a lot of mistakes. This the biggest one is going to Kenya probably. Yeah, but exactly. what's plan What's Plan B? So when your Plan A doesn't necessarily work out, is yeah. always to be thinking about um, the current situation you're in and ways to kind of figure out how to solve issues around that. Um, so we prepare coaches with that training so that they actually input that into their practices. Um, so it's not necessarily about doing youth development separate from sports, it's about integrating youth development through sports. So you've got two things going on. One is mm -hmm. that you're in intercepting bad behavior of children, but you're actually training coaches to do yes. that. So you're not doing it yourself. Up no. to us doesn't do that. Up to us trains Correct. sports coaches to do that. Mm -hmm. So are you training people who are already sports coaches like at yes. a school at Jesuit? Do you go and take them um, for... So we try to target organizations that work specifically with low-income students. So we can work with Jesuit. Um, well, that was just an example because of lacrosse. Right, I just of course. threw that in. Um, but we work with the Youth Empowerment Project um, being one organization. Um, the Gentilly Library, we're trying to get up and running um, a bike safety program. Um, we work with Youth Run NOLA, A's and Aces. So our coaches are pretty much spread throughout the city. Um, they do running, they do rugby, um, some of them do flag football. They're just um, an array of, of coaches. How do you find them? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, Finally, so <laughs> thank you. I knew eventually yeah. I'd have one. Well, we're You're 40 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so ultimately, uh, we've put that back onto the organizations in the past. So we just started um, in the fall. And so one of my goals now is to create kind of a coach candidate pool. Um, so anyone listening out there who wants to coach, please contact me because we would love to then connect um, potential candidates to organizations who are looking for coaches. Can I, can I ask a question? I watched a show last night. It was a guy from Australia who was in New I got I watched a show last night about a guy from Australia who was in New Zealand conducting this test. He's a doctor and he was trying to figure out whether exercise really helps. And his Oh, that would be an incredible finding if he found out it didn't. <laughs> well, that would be you could you retire. Want to know? Yes. Well, this is what I was going to ask you about. So this is a study that he, he conducted and had all these fantastic scientists from Australia and New Zealand who were doing this stuff and mm -hmm. And uh, the conclusion was that if you do intense exercise for 20 seconds with a two-minute interval three times, three times a week, right? Once a day, once every, once per three sessions in a day, three days each week, three, for six weeks. Three sessions a day. Of right, for of 60, 20 seconds, of 60. 60 seconds of intense exercise broken by two-minute intervals of rest. Hardcore so 20 60 seconds. seconds. Like run as fast as you can for 60 you seconds. You have to do super intense exercise. Ride a bike very, very strenuously or run strenuously or do something for, for 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Okay. And then three times a week. That's all you need. Really? I, I, that's, that's what I'm asking. You're the pro. <laughs> I, I don't Ever know about heard of that? that. No, yeah. I've never heard of that. I hope it's right. I would say. Because <laughs> I'm going to think that. really hard. I'm <laughs> just going to think. What, what, ha what happens intensive. to you though? Have they, man, they, this is a real study. This is a real study. It's a, it decreases the amount of fat in your blood. Interesting. Increases your heart rate, your oxygenation of your blood. But I think that would assume, though, that you're actually physically fit to no. do that 60 seconds. No, no. What if you pull something? You could. Uh, this guy was about to pull everything. <laughs> you should watch the show. It was uh, That's fascinating. That's a good point. That's interesting. You go from zero to intense yeah. right. for 60 well, I guess seconds. You, I guess your level of intensity increases as you would sure. get more and more in shape. Right. You know? I, yeah, I would think so. But I guess to that point, though, it's about the relationships that the coaches are building. So yes. you can't do that in you know 60-second intervals. Because <laughs> if, if it's only 60 seconds for th you know, three times a week, I'd coach. Why don't, <laughs> why don't you try that? Yeah. Why don't you try doing it and see if you get super fit? No, I'm just going back to beer and just going back weed. to you know, hanging out. What are you going to do all day when you're in Kenya? In the, what are you going to call your little township there? Metairie or He's something? going to coach people for 60-second interviews. <laughs> uh, I'm going to train the Kenyans in lacrosse. It's a good idea. What are you going to call your little town? Do you have a name for it? It's yeah. actually, it's already got its own little name. It's called Naracha Dogo. But that's the place where you're going. Yeah. I thought there was yeah. nothing there. No electricity or no nothing. Oh, look, I mean, I mean Metairie has a name. It's, they it's Narachidogo. No Narachi electricity in Narachidogo. It's literally an outpost. So right. They do have the wireless internet, though. 
<laughs> Where? You can get on Facebook. Yes, yeah. you can get on Facebook. It well, has that's the main thing. I oh, see so you'll have a big have to see Facebook status. I'm going to bring the hot spot. Dog. I'll bring Thank the hot spot. God. Yes, exactly. We'll have tweet, that. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll tweet. Yeah, make we'll sure be, you put some photos up. We will. We'll be tweeting tag elephants. Yeah. Oh, another elephant. That's going to be so exciting. We're very excited. Hey, listen, you guys. Let's turn back to the Breton Sound for a minute. Sure. Um, the Breton Sound, if you're listening to the show from outside New Orleans or outside anywhere around here, you probably don't know the Breton Sound is a place. Mm-hmm. And so the name of the band is named after a sound. Yes. It's a, a bay, I suppose. Mm-hmm. A bay. Is it a joke? Or uh, it, yeah, are you from it's there? A, or no, it's, did Pedro it's a double entendre. buried there? <laughs> it's kind of where our parents just kind of dumped Pedro <laughs> off the side of a canoe <laughs> and said, Godspeed. And, uh, no, it, it's a double entendre. It's actually, uh, it was a rejected band name from a band I was in uh, like six years ago, maybe. Um, they hated your name. Well, I didn't think of it, actually. Um, the guy who was originally going to play drums in our band had thought of it at the time. And then when we were starting this band, he was going to be our drummer. And we kind of said, well, that was a great name. We liked it. Let's use it. Um, he ended up not wanting to kind of pursue music as a career. So, um, so we lost him, but we kept the name. Well, he was a drummer. So well, he wasn't going to pursue music as a career anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Did he realize that? I can't, I, I can't laugh at that because our drummer is actually a classic, professionally trained musician. He's actually a music teacher. Um, he's phenomenal. He was the drum captain of the LSU Tiger Band for several years. So music is, in one way or another, his career. This so is John It, it can be done. Yeah, this is John. Yeah, it can be done. What's he doing today that he can't be here? He actually show? has a rehearsal uh, for the school he teaches at. Okay. So I haven't really got to the end of the story, but close enough, okay. Yeah, close So enough. you used the, used the name that the other band rejected. And mm-hmm. what was the other band end up being called? The other band was called the Garden District. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. They love so it. clever. <laughs> they love the location-based so names yeah. of their band. Okay. The Superdomes. <laughs> <laughs> the Benson Towers. Yes. Nogadocho or whatever. Yeah, Narachadogo. Narachadogo would be a great name <laughs> for a be. band. Would be. Like so that. what are you going to play I'm going to trade name that. Uh, okay. What are you going to play us next off the new uh, We can do a maps. song called No Way Out. No Way Out. We'll do No Way Out. Yeah. Okay. Hear. Is that off maps or is yes, it off? Yes, it is on maps. It is. Uh, okay. It has not yet hit the interwebs. So this will be this some will be people's a, first time hearing it. A preview. Okay. Yeah. I love right. that they still call it a record. What are, we, what are you supposed to call it know. now? I never do I know, know that. Well, we're, actually, we're putting it on vinyl. Oh, you're yeah, kidding. It's going to be on vinyl. I love their throwbacks. Vinyl is everywhere It's going to be now. on a 10-inch vinyl. vinyl, which is because it's only a five-song EP. Um, so it's a 10-inch vinyl. Right. So vinyl is back in a big way. I see everyone's yeah, into sales vinyl. sales go up every year. It's, for the last, like, five years, it's been increasing, you know, every single year. So it seems like there's a, a good resurgence. And people just want to hear, I think, a well-recorded song now, you know? And what are people playing these records on now? Is there, is there a... Um, an in, can, an industry of people buy. I mean, are people mm-hmm. making? Yeah, people record are making players record players. Um, I've got one that I bought at Bed Bath and Beyond, like five years awesome. ago. I wouldn't wow. tell anyone that if <laughs> yeah. I was a and, uh, rock and roll musician. <laughs> but uh, in the same vein, I have I'd one. Say that, someone I have one say my girlfriend killed his action, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. kills his action. I've also, but in the same vein, like to prove my street cred, I have one from like 1962. That's a big console piece of furniture. That is what I listen to, like most of my records on. The Bed Bath and Beyond one is a small little one. It, and it, it looks like it it's old. It's not pink. It's uh, it, it's in like this big wooden box, and it looks like an old record player. You know, like the top lifts up, and it's got an old. It's got like a radio dial on it, and you can actually play a CD or a tape on it. Do you so, ever use it? Yeah, most of the crap I buy at Bed Bath and Beyond only lasts about a week. This one has lasted a while. So that's pretty good. A lot longer than the shower caddy that I bought recently. That is now. I'm not even out. sure that Bed Bath and Beyond is still in existence. Is it? Yeah. Or is it Linens and Things? Linens and Things gone. was the one that closed. Yeah, that's yeah. gone. Well, that, that's another. Good yeah, there, there, there are a few. That would be a good name for a band as well. Now <laughs> it's gone. And Linens and Things. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna change the name to Linens and Things at Lakeside Shopping Center <laughs> <laughs> or Clearview Shopping Center. Yeah, get it right. And maybe it's Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Anyway, so this is No Way Out. Uh, one, two, three. Such a shame the way it's ended. Promise turns into Fill, fill me up, can I come over again? No way out. 
that. I like that. That's the rock and roll tune. <laughs> that's you. got uh, that's got like radio friendly written all it over. Does. It, that's yeah, thing. it's got some pep. Yeah. That's our, our feel good summer hit. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like it the could be like a really jam. big song. Congratulations that on be, that. That would be nice. Sounds like you might be onto something. And Thank that you. was that on the record is produced by Tom Drummond, who yes. is the bass player in Better Than Ezra, who yep. knows a thing or two about writing a good, yep. uh, yeah, successful he, pop song. He knows song. some good uh, some good pop tunes. So he's written a few, and uh, that band has done so well. Yeah, and they're actually for so long. I was we were texting today. They're going to be starting uh, work on a new record next month. So. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So you guys have been working with Tom. And he would be a pretty sought-after producer, I would think, in New York. Yeah, he's done really well. Um, actually, he produced um, the last Papa Gross Funk record. Uh, he co-produced it, actually, with Alan Toussaint. And they got um, shortlisted for a Grammy nomination, which I don't think they end up getting the nomination. But, like, they submit all the records that are made in a year, and then they shortlist, like, the best from those. And then they create the nominations but just to get on that short list is fantastic so is he know? tough to work with is he uh, he's make really you work hard easy to work with. well no he does make you work hard he really is good at pushing um to get the best out of everybody uh but he's super laid back really easy to work with and being that he's a musician like but he knows the technical aspect of what he's doing really well he can kind of relate to you what you need to do to get you know to get what you want on tape, so that's what you're looking for in a producer. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine I was this is what you do for producing. a living, right? Good yeah. producing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's nice because like this is the second record that the band has done with him, um, so we have a really good relationship working together. And so it's not just like we're a band just going into a studio and plunking down the hourly rate, and some guy just makes a record because it's what he gets paid, you know, to do. Like we have like you know personal and emotional investments in it. So like he works really hard with what we do. He puts a lot of time into it and gets the best out of us and we made a really good record that we're really happy with. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the whole thing. Same here. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be good. And we'll see you at Jazz Fest, of course, yes. on the first Friday, first Friday. We're festival. like We're like the openers of Jazz Fest. <laughs> You're the first guys uh, up on the first uh, day. I don't think we're actually the first band to play. We're on at like 11.40. I think first bands are 11.10. It doesn't matter anymore. It used to be that no one showed up until whatever. Now yeah. everyone's waiting at the gate. People are waiting in they line. They stream so. in like the elephants in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's great. Yeah, yeah. We've got that. And then um, the following weekend, we're doing uh, an event that's called Rock and Hops at NOLA Brewing. And it's going to be... Um, a reasonably priced ticket. It hasn't been decided yet, but it'll be all you can drink. Nola Brewing. Hey. Uh, five to seven bands. <laughs> all you can drink. It's going to be uh, a, a really, really good time. So that does sound really like it's cool. going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, cool. We're looking forward to hearing more of that. Thank you. Hey, Luella, before we go out, we haven't got all day here. I've got to move this along, but I, w- I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Uh, because I read on your bio here that it said you did a dissertation. Your, uh, your, I guess, was it for graduate school, whatever that means? Does that yeah. mean a PhD or a master's or something? Master's. Master's. And it's on a subject that, that pretty much everybody's interested in, which mm-hmm. is how the media fucks everything up. <laughs> I mean, which is a colloquial way of saying probably what you yeah. did. But that's just what it, is that really what you did? At you, got, you made her nervous with that. I did. I did. Um, yes, and you did make me nervous on that. Um, so basically my master's dissertation was taking a look at the um, – the effects that media had on the rehabilitation process here in New Orleans. Um, and I spoke to about seven residents um, and then also a variety of nonprofits. Um, seven residents. Is that a mm-hmm. dissertation these days? Yes, yes. Michael, yeah. we're in here. Boys, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> well, We've got three, have, yeah. four right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get well, the uh, address. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, these two guys over here. We're in. We've got a master's thesis. I'm going to get my own. You guys are mean. No, we're not. Um, go, go, go. We're fun. So, uh, yeah, in addition to that, I also talked to various nonprofits from a grassroots level all the way up to national organizations such as the American Red Cross. Um, and I took a look at how they use media as well as um, the grassroots level, taking a look at alternative media. Um, and basically what I found was that when using the alternative media such as blogging, um, having the volunteers kind of keep a diary, you had more of an influx um, of volunteers going to that particular organization versus the national, um, the national nonprofits utilizing kind of the mainstream media as a way to um, get dollars slash volunteers. So you're looking at the relationship between recovery and yes. volunteerism and the media. Yes. And what you discovered then is if, is if well, I'm understanding you correctly, is that stuff that appears on the blogs and the internet and informal media mm-hmm. is more powerful a motivator of people yes. 
than stuff because nobody believes what they see on the mainstream media as well. I, I would say that, and I would also say that with um, blogging and the more alternative routes of media, you tend to be connected to that person in some sort of way, whether it be yeah. um, you know your alumni of the program that went down to volunteer, or you know that person. Um, there was more of an investment from the actual audience um, that was taking in that media. I was, I, th I was under the impression that your dissertation was more about how everything on CNN is wrong. <laughs> no. That wasn't uh, the premise that was, at all. That was not the premise. So that's still available, that subject. Yes, it is. So if people want to go He's ahead on it. and research <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to interview all seven of you today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's for, and then that was out of a school in Scotland? Yes. Queen Margaret University. How did you pull off that? How did you get to Scotland? Um, my mom's actually Scottish um, as well. So. Oh, my sister! <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, where's the haggis? <laughs> Seriously, where's the haggis? Funny you don't look Scottish. I know. Um, so my mom's originally from Scotland, and I just, you know, decided that I wanted to be a little bit of interest and decide to connect um, back with family over there. And so that's why I ended where's up in Edinburgh. Where's your dad from? My dad is originally from Chicago. Okay. So, does that mean quick, that quick story. So, I was a. Uh, Michael. Yeah, 20, uh, 20, 21 years old. And I was on a train, taking a train from, you know, northern Germany all the way down to Switzerland and had four people in the car me and this guy from Detroit. And there were two people else in the car, a young couple. And it was a four hour train ride. They were really young, clearly in love, and they were talking the entire time to each other back and forth and engaged in this really wonderful, magical conversation. And they got off the train 20 minutes, 30 minutes before we did. And I turned to the English guy and I mean, the guy from Detroit and I was like, where the, where the fuck do you think they were from? He's like, asshole, they were Scottish. They were speaking <laughs> English the whole time. I was like, what language were they speaking? <laughs> and it was so crazy. Their Baroque was so rich and I couldn't understand a word they said. It's a very broad accent. How did you get on with that when you went over there, Loella? I was fine because my mom has a really thick she Scottish does. accent. Ah, and she so does. as a kid, I was like always interpreting for her yeah. when it came to my friends. and That was like that. me. Like, oh, oh, she's actually <laughs> speaking English. <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell. So do you have like English a... English Yeah. Do you have like a passport or whatever it is? You can work in the EU and all that? Because um, well, your mom's Scottish. Well, I was actually born in England, and so I recently became a citizen oh, last year. This is the year. diamond in the rough right <laughs> oh, here. Getting somewhere. And how so, did your parents meet over there? Um, my dad was in the Air Force, and he um, was over there, and they met. Is he a pilot yeah. in the Air Force? No, I think he directed the planes. He's going to kill me if he listens to this, and I'm wrong. <laughs> but I always used to wear the headphones as a kid that he wore, so I'm assuming that he... Something to do with headphones. Planes. Maybe yeah. he was in the band. Yeah. No, Maybe no, he was a sound engineer for the... So I doubt it. The, the uh, Armed Forces Entertainment Radio Network producer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a pretty good gig, actually. Mm -hmm. So that's good. So, the, so do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have an older brother. He's about 13 years older than me. And he still lives in England. He stayed? Yes, he stayed. So how old were you when you came back? I'm um, probably two or three. And how old was your brother? 15 or 16 yeah. or something? And, he, mm -hmm. and, and your parents let him stay there at 15 or 16? They he was did. like, man, their media is so messed up, I can't <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. And so exactly. that's what that's led to the right. thesis. So that's he's, what exactly. master. So he's British then. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. he knows. He knows. Because he know, the, well, the BBC he gets knows. it right. Correct. <laughs> right. So that and, I'll, and uh, Al Jazeera. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a British accent and everything? Yes. Well, Scottish? Mm -hmm. No, he lives he, his is muddled. He lives in England, but he was raised in Scotland, so he has a bit of a muddled accent. Do they play lacrosse over there? That's my main question. You know, in Edinburgh, I actually played lacrosse. You did? Yes. It took a while to find a team, um, and we were co-ed. And so that was interesting, an interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. So you said there's to. no co-ed teams, but in Scotland there are. Scotland, because, yeah. Well, everybody wears skirts. There are a lot more right, guys exactly. and the girls all wear the skirts. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had so to. So you can't tell. Much more co-ed than you that. You can't tell. There wasn't enough interest, so they had to blend the teams. Okay. Yeah. Wow, we sure have learned a lot here today. I don't know. <laughs> the last 10 <laughs> minutes, we? we're just yeah. rocking and yeah, rolling. Yeah, really but Pedro, if you're listening, look <laughs> us up at thebrightonsound.com. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to catch up with you. Exactly. Guys, it's time for us to move on out of here. <laughs> well, all right. Okay. All right. Wait, is it really, Michael? I haven't really been keeping a very good eye on the clock here, but I think, I'm, I listen, think it is. I know you do. We all turn into pumpkins. You've got to go. I know. What are you doing next? You got like a, you had your shots today. Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, what, we actually got immunizations today. I had 14 of them, so I guess I'll have. 14? Yeah, they gave us everything. Everything. What is being gored by an elephant? Yes, for being, being strangled <laughs> by an elephant, being <laughs> stomped by on a by an elephant. Yes, being bitten by a viper, being scratched. You know, you name it: tetanus, hepatitis, malaria, typhoid, 
all the great things in the past that you thought we were rid of. You didn't have to used to get all those. I mean, I used I come from New Zealand. Dengue fever, yellow fever. I've had all those, but that was traveling years ago. You haven't had to get those for years. I wonder why. Is it if you go to Africa? No, yeah, I think it's actually. It's going to Africa. Yeah. What about malaria? I guess that's a malaria. We got that too. Sick as hell. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) You are. And this malaria, you don't get a shot from malaria. So they give you sweating profusely. (laughs) I am. So they give you three choices for malaria. You know, immunization. B. Well, no. One is one is you can take a pill one week before you go, once a week while you're there, and one week or once for a couple of weeks after you get back. Right. And the side effect to that is if you have the most wild, vivid dreams possible. But if you're, <laughs> if you're prone- Is that called acid? Yeah, no, that's what I said. Where do we sign up for that? Like, yeah, but, yeah. but if you're prone to anxiety or depression, then they encourage you not to take it. So, so I, I ordered double. I know, I ordered double. <laughs> I said, give me two of those. And, or you could take one pill every day for, for 40 days or something like that. And I thought that's too much. So, so you went for the I'm going for the take a chance on the anxiety yeah. and that, you got to blog about that. I'm going man. to. That's, that's yeah. good point. I may not sleep for a week, but uh, that's going to be the case. Wow, that's going to. I mean, you're going to be really sick this weekend for real because you that's got to so. have some. I hope effect. so. You know, <laughs> it's only French Quarter Festival, so yeah. you're not going to yeah. miss. You're not going to miss anything. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. No. Okay, Luella, what what do we need to know about you before we get out of here? I know if you said people want to volunteer and help. <clears throat> yes. Um. So if you're a sports-based youth development organization, um, please sign up for a membership. It's completely free, and there are tons of perks with that. Um. If you're an individual out there that's interested in giving back to the community, um, through the power of sports. We would love to have you as a coach as well. And how do we find you? We have a link to your stuff on our site, but in case anyone can't be bothered and they're listening right. to this running around um, the park or something. It's lwilliams at up2us.org. So that you've just given everyone in the world your email address. Uh-huh. I did, and I'm okay with that. Good for you. <laughs> lwilliams yeah, at, mailing up, list. at up2us.org. Yes. And it's up2us. Looks like the U.S. Postal Service. Mm-hmm, exactly. Dot .org. Okay. And the BrentonSound.com. Yep. See you boys yep. at Jazz Fest. Yes. On the very first Friday at 11.30 in the morning. We'll exactly. make sure we're there. Yes, awesome. Do. Get your awesome. Uh, Cuban sandwich and go over to watch the Breton Sound. Michael? I just, one quick thing. thing. Yes. No, no. Well, but the, uh, on April 21st, we're doing a reading of Prop 8, which is a, a very well-known play uh, dealing with Proposition 8, equality in marriage. In California. Uh, yeah, in California. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So come okay. on out and check that out at the uh, Civic Theater. Cool. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. My guests thank today you. on Happy Hour have been Michael Arata, Luella Williams, and Jonathan Priedis and Brian Priedis, no relation, from <laughs> the Breton Sound. That's Happy Hour for this week. Can they take us out with some music? Yeah, we can have a little bit of music. Let's take a listen to something here. Here's the Mitch Foreman theme. There we go. That's our Happy Hour theme <laughs> being nice. played by Mitch Foreman. The producers of Happy Hour are Graham DePonte, Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, and Anoush Karun. Chris Kehoe is our Associate Producer, Technical Director, and Lacrosse Consultant. Christian Unruh is our Music Director. Dr. Cliff Brigden is our Web Designer and our Link to the Real World out there. Mitch Foreman, as I just mentioned, is playing the theme song that he also wrote. And the fabulous auto audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Aero Studio monitors and much more. You can visit PreSonus.com for more information about that. If you'd like to be on our show Drop us a line. Our address is on our website. All you have to do is stay upright for about 60-odd minutes or so. You can check out our other happy hours on our website as well, including our other shows, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, True to the Game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson, Chris True. and learn all about the Lady Sluggers as well. Win Win is our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Steve Wynn and Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One is hosted by Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and if you listen to our show on Stitcher or on iTunes, take a moment to rate and review us if you could. That would be really helpful to other people to find us. Our show is recorded live at the fabulous Casa Borrega. It's an excellent place. Isn't it beautiful? This awesome. Place Gorgeous. It's going to be open Come in a little here. while. Please, please go to Facebook and like Casa Borrega or follow them on Twitter or do both. Or come here. And tell both your friends to do that. <laughs> right, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to tell them both. Do that. Uh, Casa Borrega is on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City in New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For everyone sitting around the table here, for Mitch Foreman uh, on the piano once in a while and Andrew Duhon, who's our... Uh, Happy Hour Troubadour, who's roaming around the world at the moment. And everyone back at the INO office, thank you so much for joining us. That's Happy Hour for today. We'll see you back here next time. I'm Grant Morris. Bye.